This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. My mama told me when I was young, we're all on superstars. She pulled my hair with my lipstick on, in a glass of purple dry. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio trends of iTunes downloads. Just want to very quickly, as I always do, thank my corporate sponsors, which are inclusive of Halton Honda, Forever, and AHA That. I also want to remind people that following the live show, you can always find the podcast link for my guests in interview of each week also on my host page living fearlessly with the contact or sorry c-suite radio network so who is my amazing guest today well my guest is an amazing brilliant gentleman by the name of tim marshall tim is a keynote speaker radio and tv personality entrepreneur and award-winning author of the power of breaking fear recognized by u.s news as one of the most powerful books in years on making immediate positive and permanent life changes over the last two years tim has written five more books personal growth the radical journey to empowerment entrepreneurship you're in charge sales be yourself sell anything no limits how to be free while getting rich for millennials and other brave species relation slips how to embrace the thorn and the rose Tim started his career at a Fortune 500 global tech company where he was recognized as the number one sales account manager for 10 years straight. In 2008, he started his own company, later recognized by Inc. Magazine for four years in a row as one of the fastest growing companies in America and thriving through three of the toughest years seen in the living memory of corporate America, Inc. Magazine. Tim built his company 100% organically from the ground up, never borrowed any money, and was profitable every single month. Most importantly, Tim reinvented himself over 25 years by taking the hardest challenge head-on and taking notes on how to problem-solve fast so that he could teach others to do the same. Tim has taught, trained, and developed some of the most influential business people and professional athletes in the world and is recognized by many critics and institutions as the next top motivational speaker and corporate trainer in the U.S., Tim has recently partnered with Lightspeed VT to create one of the most diversified virtual training platforms in existence, the Marshall Growth Institute, www.marshallgrowthinstitute.com, teaching his revolutionary tactics to create immediate change and success in your life and career. Wow, what a repertoire. Welcome to the show, Tim. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Wow, I really have nothing else to say. I said all that. <laughs> I'm like, okay, good. Now I'm good. 
<laughs> well, you know, it, it's funny because a yeah. lot of the people who, you know, I'm plugging their bio before I turn it over to uh, proper introductions. It's like, oh, my God, is that me? I can't believe that's me. Did I really accomplish all that? Who is that person you're talking about? But this is why you're on the show, Tim. I'm very selective with who comes on to Living Fearlessly. And clearly for everything that you have accomplished in your career uh, and the trajectory for where you are today, you have totally, completely stepped into Living Fearlessly. So I want to say thank you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedule for joining myself and the loyal listeners and the podcast subscribers today. Um, So let's, you know, everybody who follows me, which I'm very grateful for, knows that this is unscripted. It's organic. I think it makes for a much more authentic authentic discussion. But I do want to just very quickly ask you one standard question. And, you know, what precipitated all of this? When did you have that cathartic moment where you knew this is the path that I'm exactly meant to be on? And these are my skills. These are my strengths. These are my assets. And I'm going to completely capitalize upon them. Yeah, it was, you know, basically, you know, I'm absolutely hopeless. And I'm going to start with that. Lovely. (laughs) So, no, and and that's what I I felt when I was leaving uh, community college uh, about 29 years ago after the guidance counselor sat me down and said, Tim, uh, I don't know how to tell you this, but your aptitude scores are are at a seventh grade level. She goes, she goes, have you gone to school? And I'm like, um, <laughs> not really, not really at all. And she goes, your SAT scores, I don't think I've ever seen them so low before. And I said, well, um, I, I, I kind of Christmas treat them. <laughs> and, and she was like, I can see that. And I walked away and I was leaving. And then I thought to myself at that very moment, I'm like, I can't get any lower than this. I mean, this is, this is, I I don't even know what to do. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm originally from Michigan and, uh, um, you know, I had a good life and everything. And and I lived with my dad and and my stepmom and they sat me and my uh, two sisters down at the age of 12. And they said, we're going to make a change. We're going to start over. We want to move to Florida. And I'm wow. thinking to myself, ah, this is going to be great. This is going to be awesome. Disney World, the sun, fun, everything. <laughs> I'm like, this, uh, this is the greatest news I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. And when we moved down, a week after we settled, all of a sudden something hit me. And I realized that I'm not going to see my friends anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go to the same park anymore. I'm not going to be able to play the same sports with the same people. And my parents were divorced and I was only going to see my mom once a year. Wow. So at the age of 12, I hit a bottom. And mm-hmm. I was also kind of like in that awkward stage where, you know, you start to grow. I was, I was skinny. I had buck teeth. I had glasses. I was just in a little bit of social phobia. So when I enrolled in into school and I and I went to school, I got picked on and bullied and jumped and all this other stuff. So I started to skip school to the point that I would leave my house in the morning and there was this park that was next to the house and it was like kitty corner. So I'd walk into the park, I'd sit on this park bench 
And then I would sit there and wait for my parents' car to pull out of the driveway. And then I'd run back in the house and I would stay there all day until they got home. Mm-hmm. And I did that off and on for eight years. And I was literally, I mean, talk about being lost in potential. I thought I was the dumbest guy on the planet. So Aww. going back to when I was leaving, you know, the community college after getting those scores, I was thinking to myself, I'm doomed. What am I going to do? I'm 20 years old. You know, anybody that I knew already went off to college. Mm-hmm. And I went home. I cleaned out my parents' garage. And I found this tape. And it was called The Strangest Secret by Earl Nightingale. Okay, yeah. I listened to it, and it said, you become what you think about. This really deep voice, you become what you think about. I mm-hmm. kept listening to it over and over and over again. And I realized that moment in time that I became what I feared. And there was a breaking point at that time, and I said to myself, I haven't become what I thought about. I've become what I haven't done. So I enrolled in the community college, and that set me off in a way where I went from remedial math to tutoring and quantitative methods, and I started to educate myself, and I broke that fear of not being smart enough. And my last semester in college, and I took so many classes to try to make up for what I did not learn. I was like on this massive fast track. Oh my God, I got to make this up. I got to make this up. And I was sitting in this class and then all of a sudden my heart went off. I mean, it was like, boom, 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 boom. I mean, it was like ready to explode. So I walked out of the classroom and I called an ambulance Mm -hmm. and they came to the school, everything. And I'm like, I'm dying. And the people in the ambulance are like, dude, you're not dying. I said, I'm dying. And they're like, you're not dying. And I'm like, I'm telling you, I'm dying. And they're like, dude, you're not dying. And I'm like, my heart's going to explode out of my chest. And that was my first major episode of panic attacks. Mm. So when I went back to school, I had to do some presentations. And I literally was like, oh, my God, you know, you start to see vertigo. You're having panic attacks. So Mm -hmm. this whole new thing hit me. And my college professor said to me when I was about ready to graduate, he said, Tim, let me tell you something right now. Whatever you do, don't go into outside marketing or sales because you look like you're going to die when you give a presentation. <laughs> so, so, so I'm like, I, I just went through all these years of makeup, all these years to, to, to get a marketing degree. And now I'm not, you know, taking it. But then it was like, the next course came to my life and the next breakthrough was that, you know, I overheated my thoughts to a point that I thought I was going to die. And the panic attacks just kept coming up until one day I said to myself, I don't care anymore. I don't fear anymore. And if I'm going to die, go for it go for it let it happen and they went away and then from that point on i started teaching people how to overcome anxiety and i went into outside sales and i became number one account manager in the country for a number of years and built a business but i really have taken everything 
on in a way where I could problem solve it and teach it to other people because 97 percent of our thoughts aren't real. That's and right. That's where it's like I've really I've made some monumental shifts in my life to teach people how to achieve anything. Well, a few things I want to say, because you touched upon some things that I think are worth delving on and and reinforcing the point here. So, you know, I think it's quite there's no coincidence. I don't believe in coincidences. So oftentimes, you know, the success that people would glean of the people that I interview or for anyone in life who I've not yet interviewed, you know, people don't understand the backstory. People don't understand the strife, the challenge, the adversity, all the things that people have had to overcome. People just think, oh, wow, instantaneous. You know, this person was born lucky. This person was born with a silver spoon in their mouth, whatever the case may be. Um, but, you know, it's not uncommon for many people who are in the entrepreneur space, many people who are self-starters um, have really taken life and the bull by the horns and doing things on their terms. You know, I hear over and over again how many people initially were high school dropouts. I once upon a time was one of those people and I blossomed later in life and I had to learn things the hard way in which to go, okay, you know what? This isn't working for me. I've got to really change the way I'm looking at things. And so your examples that you've cited, and I do appreciate how vulnerable and raw and candid you are, because I think that's what the connector factor and the people who I know follow this show, um, they want to hear the reality. They want to hear things humanized so that it's relatable for them because we're all operating at different levels of self-awareness. We're all struggling with different things. Um, So to hear the realness and the rawness of what you've shared with us, I can't thank you enough, Tim. And not to mention that that certainly reinforces, given that you're the living, breathing, talking example, that anything is possible. It's what you choose to focus on. And what you focus on does, in fact, come stronger in your life whether it be negative or conversely for the positive. So you have to get exceptionally clear within yourself and go, okay, what are my standards? What is my vision? What are my goals? And how do I switch this around? And how do I take off? Um, So the fact that you've gone vertical, the way in which you have repeatedly in succession time and time again, that's a real testament to your character. It's a testament to your inner strength. And it's a testament to how honed your mindset is. And so for everything that you cited in the backstory, that has really cultivated and required a lot of self-growth, a lot of discipline, a lot of fortitude, resiliency, and tenacity, and you stuck through it. Um, and now you, 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 know, you probably don't even know how to keep up with yourself. It's so accelerated. Uh, so I just want to say thank you for sharing all that yumminess with myself and the listeners. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's very well said. And I mean, you, you've you just nailed it. And the thing about it is, it's, it's, it's true, though. It's like, you know, a lot of times we get caught up and we give so much things meaning, like self doubt. You know, it's mm. like if I teach entrepreneurship to people, um, if I teach them to younger kids, actually aware of how to start a company, then somebody that's much as on our self doubt comes so the You know, that's the first part in, in my chapter is, you know, becoming aware of really who you are. You know, mm-hmm. what what's really holding you back? What's the what's the real truth? Because a lot of times we don't realize that we're lying to ourselves Mm -hmm. and we don't want to face the facts that, you know, fear is normal. 
self-doubt is normal. And especially in today's world and our technology world and social media and all these different things that are happening, it's more rampant than ever. And the ability to take on something and it's not even, you know, just do it and and do what you fear and magic's going to happen. It's more involved than that. You can keep it simple, but there is a strategy to it. That once you start something and you consistently do it to learn what well, trial and error, and just like you said, you had to self-educate yourself and ebb and flow. Mm-hmm. And once you accomplish that, you increase your probabilities of taking on something else. And then the biggest thing that I always tell kids, like if I speak at a university, is is start teaching it. Because mm-hmm. once you teach it, then all of a sudden you get the value back. And then you're helping somebody else break through something and you're learning more and more and more and more and more. Absolutely. Well, and and, and before you can get get to the point of really being able to teach it, you've got to incorporate it into your own DNA. Because what we know in the space, Tim, which I know you can attest to, is, you know, people really understand congruency. People really understand to what degree do your results, your your outcomes, um, your objectives match your words. So, you know, own it, proclaim it, declare it, and then see it as if it's already done. And then in real time, you catch up to it. And once you start... Once you start applying all your time and energy, focus and discipline on, okay, yep, bang that one out of the park. Yep, bang that one out of the park. It becomes addictive, just like I think self-sabotage for many people is addictive. So, you know, if you're going to pick your addiction, um, if you're going to pick your affliction, then make it work Mm -hmm. for you. Love it. Absolutely. I mean, 100%. (laughs) I think that's why people are like, why'd you write six books in two years? I'm like, (laughs) I don't know. You know what I mean? Maybe I'm because I could. I'm just like, yeah, you know, I'm like, she's got a point. Maybe I'm addicted to this. (laughs) Well, you know what? It's true though. (laughs) Failure for people, depending on where you're at in life, failure is addictive for people. And success is addictive for people where you choose to fit within that, which other either category, that's entirely up to you. But the more you immerse yourself in failure and self-defeatist thoughts and sabotage and, and being on this mission to implode, well, what do you think is going to show up in your life? More of the same. Alternatively, if you give yourself the opportunity to shine and by shining and sharing and emitting all your positive energies with other people who are looking to be anchored up, who are looking to be equally inspired, that becomes addictive. Because then that generally is birthed out of one knowing very clearly what their purpose is. And when you know what your purpose is and you love what you do and you do what you love, you're on fire every day. Absolutely. And the thing about it is that that's where it's like, you know, a lot of people say, just do it. And and you said it very well where it's like you want to own it. You want to learn it. And once you have that, you can give it back. Yes. And that's where it's like, you know, even for me, I will never speak on something I don't know. I won't do it. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? I want to know. I want to know exactly through my own experience and not only my own experience, 
but the biggest telltale other people and then they succeed and yes. that's where the you know what i call the miracle comes in because that, that way you know we're going to get everybody happy and and fix your posture and your whole life is going to change and i'm going to get everybody so excited it's not about that it's mm-hmm. about problem solving taking on certain things that maybe you think you can't do but when you learn about them and you keep doing it and then all of a sudden that addiction comes in to problem solve and then you increase it you increase it and then your actions good actions good actions evolve into good thoughts beautiful absolutely true and the thing is too when you get to this age stage in life it doesn't matter who beat you up as a kid or how dysfunctional your family was or how, what age you were when people separated and divorced and all that kind of stuff because you there's so many parallels between you and I it's not even funny um but it becomes a choice do you go about your business do you go about living your life when you happen to be an adult who should be capable and responsible of making their own decisions and holding themselves accountable to be problem saturated or to be solution focused absolutely and in a like this you know where it's like and i'm sure you you feel the way same way but it's like when you start over at zero every single day it doesn't mean you have to get rid of past memories that are good or bad or whatever it may be but here's your moment and as moments pass i mean mm-hmm. no matter what and sometimes people yeah they bring in living in yesterday and i've had certain people that just all they do is complain about yesterday and they'll pat him on the back and I'll say you know what have a great yesterday when you're ready to talk <laughs> about today let's talk about today but yeah I mean it's a choice you know we all have certain things that we go through and we can either choose to write from it or not absolutely absolutely so, well and the thing is too you would know this Tim I mean clearly for you to have reached the echelon of where you're at in your life um you know you've got this down pat now um but you get to a point where if you're going to be resigned to something be resigned to the fact that I am no longer going to give myself permission to be a victim. I don't subscribe to victimology. So if I don't allow that or condone that within my own behavior, in my own thoughts, in my own actions, my own approach to life, don't think for a minute as busy as I am that I'm going to sit here and I'm going to entertain you crapping all over yourself and talking about how life is shitty. I don't have time yeah. for that. You know, I don't have time for that for myself. What makes you think yeah. that I'm going to participate in that pity party? Sorry, not interested at all. It, you know, and it's so true and I, you know, I love to use analogies, but I always, you know, I tell people too, it's like, you know, if you if you're a flashlight, you know, for me, I want to keep my batteries. At least mm. I have control over them. I want to, you know, I get stuck in the forest whatever it is, I have lights. You know, mm-hmm. or I can see. But if I give my batteries away or my flashlight away to somebody else, they're going to drain my batteries. So the the bottom line is, it's just like, you know what, at the end of the day, we're accountable for ourselves, and that's it. Whether you work for a company, they don't have training, train yourself. If you want to be an entrepreneur, start looking at companies that people remember what it takes. Start Mm -hmm. leveraging knowledge, start communicating, start figuring out exactly 
how problems can be solved because the more you learn and learn, the less fear you're going to have. And that's, you know, even for me, when I started the company in 2000, your number one guy in, in the market. And are you nuts? Banks aren't <laughs> lending money, this and that. What in the world are you doing? Mm-hmm. And you're kind of right. I'm actually kind of terrified. But I did it. <laughs> I did it. And I was scared and I lost all kinds of sleep. But at the same time, you know, I used my, my skills of what I learned in sales about communication. Mm-hmm. I never had to borrow any money and I was profitable every single month to the day Incredible. I started six years later. And, Incredible. you know, I went from one customer to 6,000 and, and I broke the code. But, <laughs> I, it, it, it was, you know, and it's like it happened. But the reason why the company was so successful, it wasn't just me. It was the ability that I could teach other people the power of breaking fear, really, because that's really what holds people back. You mm-hmm. know, whether it's fear of being rejected in sales or not understanding from a buyer's perspective, whatever it is. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just it's an underlying underlying theme. And I like that's why, you know, living fearlessly is such an amazing concept topic that, that is just it's not talked about enough. No, know? it's not. No, it's not. Yet it's the one thing that holds the majority of people back. Big right? time. It's and, and this is what I, I don't understand, you know, because it really is about fear, you know, fear of being successful, fear of being a failure. Uh, you know, who am I to think that I have the right to write a book? Who am I to think that I've got anything unique in which to impart to the rest of the world? What makes me think that I have a place in the space to be on a stage along other TED talkers or or whatever the case may be. I mean, you got to get rid of that small mentality. And yes, generally there's a backstory related to where that indoctrinated blueprint came from and originated from in terms of what was shared to you over and over and over again, where it became your own self-belief, whether it be, again, you were birthed out of a dysfunctional family or back in the time where, you know, schools could be quite punitive and you got discipline for, you know, having an opinion or wanting to be left-handed instead of converted to right-handedness. I mean, I mean, the list goes on, but the thing is use those things that have happened to all of us to launch it, you know, just step into it, launch it, own it, and just say, you know what, challenge your own thoughts you know, challenge your own BS. Just say, you know, that used to be, that might have been the way that I was brought up or raised to believe the world, the external world, or how a family should operate, or how a business should operate, et cetera, et cetera. But let me extrapolate that. Let me dissect that. Let me get curious and let me peel back that onion and let me really truly question what it is I believe. Do I believe it because I have like X amount of years where it's been rammed down my throat? Or do I disbelieve it because it doesn't sit well with me? It doesn't resonate or honor with my spirit. Therefore, how can I be congruent in anything I do going forward if I'm working with this inner conflict all the time? You know, it's, but going back to what you said about your successful business as well uh, and how you broke all kinds of records, et cetera, 
Well, you know, I think the other contributing factor towards that, Tim, not just that you're self-made and you're self-taught and you're self-empowered and all those other yummy things, but you are probably very cognizant and very discerning with who you chose to surround yourself with, right? People who are coachable. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is one of the things I I, I always look for people is uh, first thing is open mind. Yeah. The second thing is drive, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we talk about entrepreneurship, too, people like entrepreneurs are risk takers. Yes. Uh, no, an entrepreneur, a really good entrepreneur is actually a calculated risk, risk taker. Bingo. So I view, you know, mathematics and problem solving increases your probabilities to succeed. And one of the biggest things is, too, what you're talking about, you know, these things of, of people fearing all this different stuff is really kind of humiliation. We mm. fear being humiliated. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I, I go back even when I wrote, you know, I took all these notes. And I wrote the power break. I had a fear of being humiliated because I was told, dude, you ain't a writer. Are you kidding me? You're going to write that thing? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to. Yeah, why? <laughs> so. And then the next thing you know, you know, you, you, you think to me, you know, it's, it's hard. I mean, it was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do, but it was like I put it together and it took a lot of time to really, really do it right. Mm-hmm. And, and I wasn't expecting to get like testimonials. Mm-hmm. These people, oh my God, this is like, actually it is 25 years of counseling, my counseling, but it was like, <laughs> but anyway, it, it turned out good from the standpoint of like, you know, trial and error. You put pen to paper, and next thing you know, you calculated something in a way that's going to be significantly beneficial to another person to increase their probabilities to achieve something fast. And, Beautiful. Uh, Beautiful. So, you know, let me ask you this then. Um, for all of your success, all your accolades, a lot of people's success is really fueled by, I think it's fueled by a couple of things. So I think it's either fueled by people trying to prove people wrong or people growing into their greatness and owning it and saying, you know what, I'm not here to prove other people wrong. I'm here to prove myself right because I knew about this all the time. I just had to bring it out of myself. Yeah, I I think for me, I'd like to prove people wrong on what they're capable of. Mm-hmm. I've sat down with so many different people where they're just like, but, 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 or I can't, I can't, but, 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 or I get, you know, I've helped people start companies. I get the fear questions. Oh, I fear, you know, which is normal. Mm-hmm. Fear is completely normal. But when you put together some and you can learn how to problem solve extremely fast, and it could even, you know, tell a story, you know, and, and one of the things too is, and not, I'll go off topic a little bit. But it's like this, you know, if you go into CVS, and this is Mm -hmm. kind of like a sales analogy, you go into CVS, you look at a sign and it says, if you're over 50% chance of getting shingles, I'm like, that's a really good sales sign. I'm like, Jesus, what? That's amazing. So then it says, ask the person what happens. So I'm like, I'm all excited because I'm like, I want to hear this answer. <laughs> and I asked her and she goes, oh, my God, yeah. If you get shingles, if you scratch your eye, you go blind. 
And I'm like, oh, my God, that's brilliant. How much medicine have you guys sold from that? You know what I mean? So it's little things like that that we don't recognize. And when I go out and, you know, talk to, you know, business owners or stuff like that, I like to prove people wrong in a certain way and increase whatever they're trying to do in life. Mm-hmm. And that's why when you tell a story, you have a 70% chance of people either buying or listening more than just forcing information. Absolutely. So, yeah. So it's like I've really taken that in a way where, you know, it's like when, when even when I sold my company, I, you know, they gave me another company three months later to take over. And I'm like, I just sold mine. I'm president. You signed me on for three years. Now you want me to take over the second company. It's a lot bigger. It's been financially ruined for three years. What? Are you kidding me? <laughs> and they're like, no, we want you to do it. I'm like, seriously? And they're like, yes. And then, uh-huh. but the bottom line is the company turned around in three weeks. Wow. Because I proved to the people that were working there that they can do this if they have a really good story, compelling messages, mm-hmm. and you add in some numbers with it, you can really just annihilate anything really fast. And if you, if you couple that with activity and believe in yourself, open mind and drive, it's amazing how fast something can be built or Absolutely. turned around. Absolutely. Well, let me ask you, Tim. So, I mean, you know, you, you're on this trajectory of ongoing perpetual success. But when you look back on the earliest days of your first achievement, your first book, your first company, your first win, your first client, your first everything, you know, are you able to look back on everything and remember a cathartic moment where you knew within yourself, it didn't matter what the testimonials were or what the bank account said, but where you finally had that inner moment of clarity and you said, to yourself, I did it. Okay, I I did it, and I didn't just do it. I'm continually doing it. I, I've I've got it. You know, the light bulb has gone on. Yes. I have got it. I have tweaked. I have tweaked. Yes. What was that moment? Yeah, the, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll tell you. I'll tell you something. So w- w- once I graduated college, you know, I was told not to, you know the whole thing not to go on outside sales. So. I worked for this, you know, this uh, national technology company. I go away to training. Of course, I don't know how to demo any of these products. My presentation skills were the worst. All the junior reps came from around the country. country. I finished dead last. If there's the last place, I mean, I was the last ever. So they say, they're like, we're going to have a sales contest, you know, over the next six months, you know, in the winter, you know, wins this widget, whatever it is. So uh-huh. I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, well, that ain't going to be me. I mean, there's no way. And so oh. then I go back to my, um, you know, they have so many different offices. I go back to the, I'm working, which is in South Florida. So I just go on a run. I mean, I'm making X amount of calls a day. I don't know the difference. I just want to make it happen trial and build relationships, do whatever I can. And one day somebody comes up to me and they hand me a piece of paper. This is like seven months later. And then on the piece of paper, it had my name. And I'm like, what is this? Am I, what is there a problem? And it said, Tim, you won the contest and you broke the company record. 
Wow. And that was <laughs> the most shocking thing to me. <laughs> because Two I'm wins like, Are you the sure you got this right? <laughs> so that was the moment where my whole life kind of just, okay, I can do this. And was it in that moment that you really understand the power of thoughts, the power of uh, thinking? You know what? I really understood the thought. You know what that moment was? Was the power of action, yeah. trial and error, and improving, mm -hmm. you know, and making tweaks to your action. So, mm -hmm. you know, from a sales perspective, I wanted to get better at communicating and, and you know, thinking more about what would the customer want. And, and, you know, I practiced the silent close, which was, you know, do you want it? You know, at first when I said it was horrible, and then <laughs> I sat there with somebody for an hour, I'm sweating, she doesn't say anything. But... <laughs> But she actually signed it. So it was like, but it was a, just a combination of, you know, the activity, thinking how you can get better, and then doing the activity and thinking you do better. And that's why I teach people on speed and activity. It, it is so incredibly important. The more you do something over and over again, as long as you're, you know, ebbing and flowing and growing, like I said, and learning something new. Mm -hmm. You really become what you said earlier. You become that product and, mm -hmm. and nobody can ever take that away from you. No, so it's a combination of thought and action. Absolutely. Well, and, and you, you hit upon something that I say and believe wholeheartedly. I say it consistently. You know, how is it that we learn? Repetition, repetition, repetition. You know, when you do things over and over again, and again, people, there are pods of people who do things that are counterintuitive to what, you know, propels them on the trajectory of what they claim they want, but they're just going about it ass backwards. As compared to the pod of people who know they've got a good notion, know they've got a good product, know that they've got a good service or whatever the case may be, and they just have to continually work to refine it over and over and over again and when you do that it's like things pop you know things go vertical and then once you and the thing is too you don't lose it doesn't matter what that per that project uh or goal was specifically when you've acquired that knack of what it is to be self-disciplined and to be focused and you apply that same recipe into everything else you do in your life things happen a lot faster, right? Because the trial and error that you that you went through with the initial thing, whatever that initial thing was, now you've got it so down to a fine art. You know how to save time, you know how to be efficient, and you know how to do it right away, and then you implement it with everything else you want to execute on. Absolutely. And, and you know, it's like Steve Jobs, you know, he wrote nine pages for Inc. Magazine. I mean, this is years and years and years ago. Mm-hmm. And he realized this is too complicated. This is too complicated. And then all of a sudden he came up with like two sentences and then people get it. Right. You know what I mean? So it's really clarifying a message where you're giving yourself to either a product or service or to a person or whatever it is that somebody can feel the value, see the value. You know, yes. the iPhone, look five years ahead. Okay. How do you envision your iPhone 
making your life easier. How do you envision having iTunes on your phone? So you kind of you look into the future a little bit. Yeah. And that is that's that's through trial and error. And some mm-hmm. people might say, well, my God, that's so complicated. That's so this, that's so that. It really isn't. Mm-hmm. And 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 I'll give you you know a quick example, like, you know, when people bring up like artificial into you know mm-hmm. and you know we, we're talking about you know maybe having cars that just drive by themselves mm-hmm. and next thing you know you're, you're you're driving down the road there's nobody driving the car and then you got a dog in the passenger seat and you're like oh my god what's going on but um <laughs> but in, <laughs> uh, that was a bad joke but anyway so it's like yeah yeah <laughs> squirrel what in the world a dog there's nobody driving the car so so but you know through artificial intelligence too which is part of our future you know there's humans behind that Mm -hmm. where you have to have mathematics and numbers algorithms for example if we're going to have a driverless car we need to make sure that who's ever doing the algorithm is going to be able to detect between an empty box coming mm-hmm. off of a truck versus the vehicle thinking that it's another car. Right. You see where I'm going with that? Yeah. So, you know, as technology increases, sometimes we, we get a little bit over ourselves thinking it's, it's so technical. I can never think that way. I can never be that. It's not true. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because 70, 80 percent of the people are, are in fear of technology either impacting their life monetarily or replacing their job. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a big proponent into, you know, looking beyond technology and keep. Yes. Well, and the thing that I oftentimes say, too, is beyond the sky is the limit. You know, there's that old cliche where the sky is the limit. I always say, no, whatever you are defining or deeming to be the limit, you need to surpass that. You need to supersede that. And the only way that you're going to do that is if you supersede your mindset to know that it's possible to supersede anything. Absolutely. And and it's a beautiful point because, you know, even products or services, right? Mm-hmm. You know, ideas are great, but the best the best ideas are just making something a little bit better because yes. there's a market out there. And that goes back to what you just said. We, we can do the same thing as individuals and humans. So if Absolutely. we're com- complete, you know, if we're consistently compounding good actions with problem solving, we're just making our product better and better and better and better. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's where it's just, and you, you just become um, value. And that's when you add value to other people. Absolutely. Well, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, you know, we talked about Steve Jobs and the future of the iPhone and all that. I'm more interested in knowing what does the future of Tim Marshall look like? Virtual training. All right. (laughs) Yeah, virtual training. I've got, that's going to be launched um, in December, the power of breaking fear, uh, entrepreneurship and sales. And what's good about it is this is usually it takes eight times to really, you know, see something over and over again. And then if you work on your actions with it, then you're really increasing your probabilities of success. Absolutely. So, you know, and, you know, when I sold my 
um, company, and I've you know my first company I worked for was a major tech giant, but they would have trainers that would come in and be like you know half the people would be you know ADD, you know yeah. the other half would be like get me out of here and. <laughs> You know, everybody's just like, oh, my God, I'll never have that time back in my life. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> so and then you have people that, you know, they go out and they fly them everywhere, spend millions of dollars. And then you have turnover and then you do it all over again. Mm-hmm. So what I did was over 25 years of taking notes and doing this stuff is I've created interactivity so that it's simple. You know, it's a three minute interactive video, maybe on public speaking. Mm-hmm. or to storytell or whatever it is, increase your probabilities. So that when it goes to a company, if they lose employees, they've got a training system. You know? Or if I go out to speak and I'm talking on entrepreneurship, here it is. You have it for the rest of your life. If you Fantastic. need to refer and go back to it, it's interactive. It's not just me with some video. No, it works. Mm-hmm. It works. So that's Brilliant. what it is, is, you know, education. Well, Mm-hmm. is it well but yeah I love it when you talk I love it when anybody talks about simplification because I truly do believe that less is more I do with everything oh absolutely it's like you know I've been in the technology business that's where I got lucky too because I understand technology but at the same time I really don't know that much about it you know mm-hmm. I just I know how to teach people on how to build relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, I know how to teach people to work together, hire the right people to open mind and drive. So I like to keep it very, very simple. And I've been in some very complex meetings before where somebody's bringing up like 18 different slides on software and 18 different slides. And then, you know, my employees are looking at me like they're ready to, oh my <laughs> God. So I just throw every, you know, all these, I'm like, guys, get out, 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 right. out, out. And then I just use a couple analogies like I did with the CVS one and man, it sticks. Just yeah. keep it simple Absolutely. because the customer is going to understand, mm-hmm. you know, and the more you understand about it, the more confident you're going to be. Exactly. So, well, yeah, I'm, I'm huge into that. Well, you know, Tim, the, the time always goes way too fast on radio um, and being cognizant of time and knowing we have to wrap up here. I want to give you an opportunity to share with the loyal listeners and the podcast subscribers where it is people can connect with you, where it is people can buy your books. Where can people find you? Um, MSMarshall.com. All my books are on there. I'll have virtual training. Mm-hmm. Um, the Power of Break and Fear. You know, I've got a lot of books. Yeah, you that's do. Really, that's a that's yeah. That, like in two years, I'm like, oh, I'm really, and I'm not going to write any more books. But it was like, but yeah, the powerbreakingfear.com is really, really a good book. Not just because I wrote it; it's because it's helped so many different people, and it really Super. does give people the clear foundation to succeed. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and I mean, you've mastered that in your life. So, you know, what do we do? If we want to up our own game, you got to raise your standards, which means be coachable and go reach out to the Tim Marshalls of the world, because I think they've learned a few things. And I think that they're working their magic consistently. So 
connect with Tim. Tim, I can't thank you enough for everything you shared with myself and the, the listening audience today. I personally have learned a lot. I take notes throughout these interviews. And uh, you're always welcome to come back on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald because knowing you and your growth and your momentum, there's always going to be something new to talk about. So always welcome. Thank you again to the listening audience. I want to thank you very much for taking time out of your schedule for once again joining myself and Tim Marshall here today on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. I want to thank everybody who supports me, all the platforms, iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, Apple. I want to thank the networks, Contact Talk Radio Network and C-Suite Radio Network, as well as my sponsors, AHA That Forever and Halton Honda. So I'm here very clear on my purpose, which is to uplift you to fear less and to live more. And I look forward to joining you back here again next Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 10 Central, 11 Eastern on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Love and gratitude. Take care and all my best. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.